Welcome to the James Gomez podcast for my take on issues that affect you and me. Hi everyone, uh, welcome. Uh, if you have just tuned in, uh, I'm James Gomez. Uh, uh, this evening you are joining me in my uh, masterclass uh, entitled uh, Understanding uh, Racial Discrimination. I will try to give you an update of uh, the kind of issues and discussions uh, presently taking place in Singapore and also uh, putting it into the context of what's happening in the region as well. So just to help uh, you and me along uh, to keep focus on the discussion today, um, I will share my screen with you where I have prepared some PowerPoints uh, that may be uh, useful uh, for you. So just bear with me um, as I try to uh, share the screen uh, for you. So there you go. Uh, here we are. Um, with the screen and um, and that's that's where we are at. Uh, so today, um, my discussion will will cover the following topics. I will look at the current discourse on um, racial discrimination uh, in Singapore. Uh, put it in the context of the region um, in Southeast Asia. Uh, look at some of the laws, the policies, the rhetoric uh, behind uh, race and ethnicity, uh, the non-legal measures uh, being used. Uh, I will also introduce the um, International Convention for the Elimination of Racial Discrimination that Singapore signed uh, a couple of years back, uh, uh, 2017 to be precise, and submitted its first report uh, late in 2018. And I think that's an interesting document uh, to look at. And finally, the question of, you know, um, who's uh, responsible for it. Now, in terms of current discourse, uh, you know, if we just look at the the media and social media, you will see uh, a lot that's uh, uh, in the public domain. Uh, we have seen an instance of uh, police investigating a man accused of using racial slur and kicking a 50-year-old woman. Uh, we've seen that um, even in uh, um, a down market for you know rentals, uh, you find uh, racial bias still continues to raise uh, ugly head in terms of the types of tenants landlords want. Uh, we see that uh, the discussion of Chinese privilege, nothing unique in Singapore. Uh, you know, we have similar discussions also in other parts of Southeast Asia, including in Thailand. Um, but uh, we see that at the same time, you know, minorities also uh, uh, seem to be facing institutional racism. And then uh, we have also this debate about immigration and migration policies. And we have the CECA, uh, where um, that has been in the public domain uh, more recently with, uh, <clears throat> with the Indian variant uh, of the COVID-19 virus and, and how, you know, the Facebook group was shut down and caused outrage among netizens. So these are some of the things that are, you know, um, happening here in the public domain. Um, so moving on, uh, let me just go to the next slide, if I can. Right. So in terms of the region, uh, 
what we have uh, here, and that's very interesting because we can certainly compare uh, what's happening in Singapore uh, in relation to the region. So let's uh, look at our, our neighbor. And, and I'm just looking at the constitution uh, because, you know, there's a lot of uh, ground to cover here today. So I'll just give you the top line. So in Malaysia, if you look at the constitution, um, you have the Bumiputra formation policies. Uh, you, you also have the role of the Sharia court to override uh, the federal court in areas of personal and family law. So the key point here that I would like to make is that in many constitutions around the world and in the region in particular, the dominant group always finds some kind of special mention uh, within the constitution. And from there, you know, certain uh, policies are formulated. So if we look at uh, uh, Myanmar, uh, you you will have a definition of key national races that are recognized. And here, uh, the challenge then with the Rohingya community uh, is not recognized as a, a national race. Uh, Buddhism has a special status in the constitution, uh, uh, but uh, there is no clear separation of you know, uh, religion and politics. Next, we look at the Philippines. A predominantly uh, Catholic country, while it, the the special position of Catholicism is not uh, you know listed in the constitution, you will find that at least the tenets uh, surrounding divorce and abortions are clearly articulated in the law. Um, uh, something different is also the uh, autonomous region of Bangsamoro in Muslim Mindanao, and then we'll come to Singapore. And Singapore, uh, we have in the constitution the special status of the Malay, uh, which now, you know, uh, largely is articulated, among other things, uh, the tertiary tuition fee subsidy. Uh, I'll try to sort of unpack some of these things uh, uh, as I move along uh, the session. And also uh, the law, the role of the Sharia court, uh, where, <clears throat> again, it largely covers issues of marriage and inheritance. So next, um, I want to just highlight some of the laws um, that are in place in Singapore. If you look at the constitution, uh, apart from what I mentioned, the special position of Malays, uh, the constitution also articulates racial equality and non-discrimination as a key tenant. And then we, then there are several uh, other laws that are cited uh, to manage uh, racial discrimination and tensions, um, especially those that would, you know, cause ill feelings. So under the Sedition Act, um, you know, speech or publication that promote ill feeling between different races or religion uh, can, you know, result in a fine of up to 2000 Singapore dollars and imprisonment of 18 months. So that's pretty steep uh, right there in that act. Um, then we also have other instruments, legal instruments that are used, such as the Undesirable Publications Act. The Internal Security Act is also has been used. Uh, I think in recent years, we, we, we've seen some uh, arrests and detention without trial uh, around the notions of extremism. And then you also have the Presidential Council for Minority Rights. Uh, its aim is to scrutinize bill by the parliament uh, to ensure they are non-discriminatory. I'm just giving you here the top line uh, um, descriptions. Uh, we, we can go into a more critical discussion of uh, these particular laws and other policies um, as I move uh, further down. And um, 
last but not least, there's the Maintenance of Re- Religious Harmony Act. Um, that's almost nearly 30 years old now. It, it has been uh, revised again a few years to update it for the internet. And uh, one of the uh, features here is the Presidential Council. This is a different one from the minority rights. Uh, it's called the Presidential Council for Religious Harmony. Uh, and that's particularly to, to advise the parliament or the minister in charge about um, measures taken to put people on notice, religious leaders, uh, in relation to, to right, um, inciting uh, ill feeling policies. Now, this is where it, it, it gets different. The, you have the law, then you have the policies. Now, I want to suggest here that, um, unfortunately, um, when you formulate policies uh, based on race, um, what it does is, it accentuates racial consciousness. So that, 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 that's a challenge I, I think we need to keep in mind. And as a, re- a result, you know, it can result in policy blind spots that may give rise to division. So here, let's look at uh, some of the key policies. They are not comprehensive, but these are the major ones that have often been discussed. So uh, national service. Uh, uh, I'm sure this has been in public domain that uh, it's uh, uh, Malay Singaporeans were excluded from conscription in the early years and later uh, uh, not assigned to sensitive positions in the military. There are a lot of narratives and rhetoric around this um, and they were largely assigned to police and civil defense uh, roles. Um, But if you look at contemporary language about this policy, then what you will hear is that as far as national service are concerned, uh, you know, positions and appointments are, of course, following keywords of meritocracy, uh, but that the racial representation within national service is proportionate to the racial representation in the general population. So that's the kind of the official position uh, out there. But it doesn't say what is the um, racial proportion in, let's say, civil defense or the police force. So we don't have enough you know, public statements there. <clears throat> then you have the ethnic integration policy. Um, if you live in a HDB flat, uh, nearly 80% uh, of Singaporeans do so. Uh, then, you know, this is an important marker. Uh, whether you buy, sell, uh, you will need to consider the proportionality uh, within the block and also within the estate. Then you have the special assistant plan. Uh, um, traditionally, of course, uh, it's been uh, said to cater to the Mandarin-speaking community uh, with schools uh, dedicated for that. But again, when you look at, you know, government discourse, uh, you will see that, you know, options are available for Malay and Tamil speakers who want to take a higher form of mother tongue recognition. Then we go to the GRC system uh, where, um, you know, um, we have to take that together with the reserve presidency. You know, it racializes politics. But again, the argument is really that it ensures minority representation. Uh, in a you know sort of uh, percentage terms, you know, um, so 
but again, you know, uh, is that tokenism? Uh, let's discuss a little bit further. And last but not least, um, uh, race on the ID card. Uh, there have been campaigns, there have been recommendations to remove uh, race from the ID card and just to have it as Singaporean. Uh, this has been a long, uh, long drawn, you know, you know, policy alternative that has been out there and articulated by many people. Again, having it there does accentuate racial differences and brings it into your, you know, um, consciousness uh, every day. Um, then is the rhetoric. Um, while while we have you know the laws, while we have the policies, you know for integration, um, uh, but you have rhetoric. Um, you know Lee Kuan Yew uh, has been known to um, have strong views about the role of the minority. Uh, he has never been called out or disowned uh, for making those kinds of statements. Uh, we have uh, several other incidents where uh, members of the ruling party have also uh, been caught out uh, making um, remarks uh, around race. Um, and of course, the long-standing uh, discussion that Singapore is not ready for a Chinese prime minister, especially among the older Singaporeans. Um, and, and more recently, uh, also that, you know, siding with the minority community, if you are from opposition politics, then that's a no-no. So you you have, you know, people in government um, uh, and in the, from the ruling party who have been, you know, um, you know um, caught out publicly for making those kinds of comments. Uh, the media is also um, uh, fairly responsible uh, in terms of uh, running some uh, insensitive um, um, advertisements, uh, letters discriminating uh, migrant workers and their living habits, and also um, racial uh, stereotypes, you know, uh, portrayed through the the newspaper. Uh, so I'm just checking in to see. Um, yeah, we have um, a decent crowd that is uh, watching this. So, so thank you very much uh, for being here. If I may, may just pause for a course and um, reach out and say, um, I'm trying to get 100 people onto uh, my YouTube channel. So I've got about 70. I would be grateful if you just go onto my YouTube channel and subscribe. And if you are not already part of my Facebook page, uh, Please like and share the page as well. So moving along, um, um, apart from legal measures, policy measures, um, we have uh, several other instruments that are used for um, um, managing uh, racial uh, discrimination and to, to, to build tolerance and so on. Uh, one of this is the Presidential Council of Minority Rights. Uh, we also have... Uh, the National Steering Committee on Racial and Religious Harmony, and, and you know, just down uh, a little bit, one level around the grassroots, we have the international interracial and religious confidence uh, circles. Um, we also have national education programs, you know, celebrating Racial Harmony Day, civic education, and a lot of this work is also supported through the uh, the Ministry of. Uh, culture and community and youth. Um, so, and they support several, you know, government 
linked and convened uh, NGOs. Uh, what I want to say here is um, most of these are state-sponsored. In fact, all of them are state-sponsored, government-sponsored, funded. Um, so you you see um, uh, the government's role uh, quite heavy. Uh, I would even go um, as far as to say uh, the different agencies are incestuous in, in their connectivity. And, and as a result... Um, you will hear a singular speak. And, and I think that that is the challenge in terms of, uh, you know, thinking through about policies, improving that, because you, you, you can't be stagnant. You've got to evolve. Um, if Singapore um, has been, uh, you know, uh, in self-rule, you know, uh, since about 60 years, um, if we are still having this kind of problem and the needle really hasn't moved, you know, so what are the challenges, uh, really? Um, so here, I think uh, I would like to introduce uh, the International Convention on the Elimination of All Forms of Racial Discrimination. Um, I was in uh, Singapore and uh, in the thick of it 10 years ago, uh, or now nearly 11 years ago, when we had the visit for the UN Special Rapporteur on Contemporary Forms of Racism, Racial discrimination, xenophobia, and related intolerance. Um, at that time, I was heading an NGO called Singaporeans for Democracy, and we we made a submission to him. Uh, we also had a met with uh, uh, Mr. Muigai um, and had a chat. Uh, and thereafter, I also published um, uh, an academic article, uh, you know, reviewing the the, the visit. Um, that article is available uh, in my academia. You can also, uh, you know, link, uh, access it. In fact, I assigned it as a pre-reading uh, for this session. Um, that, I mean, the fact that there's so much interest, you know, I'll just give you a fun fact. That article was accessed 17,500 times. Um, that's more than any, you know, publisher, academic publisher would be able to, you know, give a run on a piece like that. So it shows a lot of interest. And the key thing that I, I mentioned there in the, in the piece, um, uh, I, I, it's, it's a very useful piece to get, get yourself acquainted with a slice of history of what happened in that few, that few days and week uh, when the visit happened. Um, because at the end of the day, uh, you have an international UN person, you know, who looked at all the policies and laws that I've discussed earlier and called them out to be problematic in several areas, things that, you know, most Singaporeans are quite aware of, um, if you are active on these issues. Um, but, and, and he said, in order to move forward, he said, um, we must be able to discuss this, right? And currently there are restrictions in Singapore in terms of being freely to discuss. So what is interesting here is the comeback. So the Singapore government's comeback was only they have the responsibility to decide on freedom of expression when it uh, deals with matters of race and 
religion because only they have the responsibility with, to deal with the fallout uh, should anything go wrong and they are the risk holders and that the um, the UN is not. So um, that kind of, you know, gives you a sense of the, the group speak in terms of who is the responsibility, who has the responsibility um, uh, to move the discourse on, um, you know, racial discrimination, which sometimes, you, you know, um, evolves into hate speech. So um, does the state have the sole full responsibility for it, um, which was one of the um, points that I, I, I made in the run-up to, you know, promoting this talk. Uh, uh, do you and I have a part also in terms of a shared responsibility for that? So we, we can take that up uh, in a few minutes. Uh, but in the meantime, um, I would uh, uh, just move on to the, the document itself, which is the International Convention on the Elimination of All Forms of Racial Discrimination, often known simply as ICED. Um, so after his visit, uh, so... Uh, as much as he was criticized, and he also raised the point that uh, Singapore has not um, signed up on this, but of course it was tactical because it was uh, one of the first visits to Singapore uh, by the special rapporteur. The special rapporteur of any uh, mandate can only come to any country at the invitation of the government. So obviously they were already thinking about signing up to the ICRD and which they did in 2015, and then they ratified it in 2017 and submitted the first report in 2018. If you really wanted to get uh, insight to the minds of those in power for the last 60 years or so in Singapore, it's imperative that you take some time and actually read the full report because it's very, very enlightening. It, it gives you an insight to the speak and their thinking, right? And, uh, and it also shows, um, you know, what you're up to if you, if you want to have uh, a discussion around these issues. So um, I, I'll put these key observations here and I do... Um, you know, have the report uh, with me. Um, I, I just, you know, before today, I I had a I did reread reread all forty two pages, and, and the first thing that really struck me here was um, the, the opening, right, the foreword. Uh, by the end of the first sentence. Um, it begins, you know, by, by the time you read the first uh, sentence, which is say, we, we simply, I'll read it to you. At the announcement of Singapore's independence on 9th August 1965, our founding father, Prime Minister Lee Kuan Yew, said, uh, we are going to be a multicultural nation in Singapore. And, and it goes on. So they bring back, uh, you know, uh, the thinking right down to Lee Kuan Yew. And, and we know um, Lee Kuan Yew didn't hold uh, very good views about um, the minority co communities at times. And the party has never 
distance themselves away from his comics. Uh, and then it goes on to talk about um, yeah, thinking and philosophy. So um, there's a lot. It's, it's 42 pages, and, 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 and it's very informative reading uh, to go through. I, I, I do want to give you a bit of a top line in, in case um, you don't have the time. I covered a lot of that ground through the initial slides when I talked about the, the law, the, the, the policies, and um, uh, it doesn't talk about the rhetoric, of course, you know, only all good things, right, in such government reports. So, um, so what, what were the things that, that struck me? Um, I think the key that uh, struck me was the, the, the level of uh, kind of one-sided view uh, of, of things. Um, and, and we can't ex- ex- expect uh, a critical uh, review of uh, Singapore's uh, racial and ethnic policies uh, because it has to come from outside, you know, both for in terms of, you know, independence and legitimacy, you know. Uh, you, you, you can't expect them. Uh, and uh, I think a lot of you know better than me uh, that... Um, uh, they are not into, you know, self-criticism, uh, more about self-praise. Um, but I, I'll just flick through the report and I've made some notes to see uh, where, where some of the things uh, are problematic. So the People's Association is listed as an organization that promotes racial harmony and social cohesion. But yet politically, we know it also promotes the ruling party. So, so those, those are kind of, you know, very stark uh, uh, conversations uh, or observations that you can make. Um, there is, there's a great overlap uh, of organizations and institutions. There's a lot of, um, um, you know, intertwined relationship. I'll just give you an example. Uh, you have one people SG. Now, One People SG is uh, an organization set up a few years to, um, um, I think it's 2007. Uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but just to give you an idea of how long or how recent it is. Um, and it spends, you know, if you look at its, uh, its published accounts, it spends about, you know, two million a year, right? Uh, it raises um, true you know, money from, as I said, the Ministry of MCCY, the, uh, the self-help groups, uh, PA, whether in cash or in kind, um, just looking at the most recent ones, up to a million. And then it, it also indicates uh, two other income generation. Uh, one is through fundraising activities and another one uh, through... Um, I think it also generates revenue to, to, to space rental and things like that. So it, it, it's just the internal money kind of moving around. Um, and um, yeah, so that, that's, that gives you an idea of how um, state-centric this whole uh, engineering of you know, uh, racial discussion, policies, and so on. All, all of it, you know... Uh, around key ideas of promoting social cohesion, integration, 
um, and, and anchored on meritocracy. So, uh, but it really requires much, much uh, unpacking. Uh, another thing to, to, to note uh, here that may be of useful is um, it comes out more clearly in this report uh, than other reports previously. Um, for example, in the Universal Periodic Review, where um, it looks at, uh, it mentions the, the, the presence of inter-ministry committee on human rights. So I think we, we will probably want to know more about that, uh, what this inter-ministry committee of human rights, who's, who, who's heading it, who's part of it, uh, what it actually does, uh, who does it consults, and, uh, and how this whole, you know, report um, uh, is formulated. Uh, there are a few things that, um, you know, overall the report struck me was essentially we, you, you have very li limited legal remedy uh, as far as uh, racial um, discrimination or recourse is concerned. The report, of course, just uh, points to, 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 you know, you, it's a constitutional matter, so you can make a constitutional challenge. So that's one option. Uh, then there are also penalties for kind of uh, hate speech, you know, that you can find in the penal code. Um, but otherwise, you have to take, say, say uh, it's a civil suit, it's a civil action. So um, how much of it can you really manage or what kind of uh, research uh, recourse do you have? Most, the, the, the approach that they have taken is really uh, to, to mitigate. So, um, uh, for example, you know, if there's an issue of, you know, uh, a bias, a racially biased, um, you know, rental ad, then you can take it out to the Council of Estate Agents. Um, if there are racial discrimination issues, language in schools, then students are sent for counseling. Uh, if there's discrimination in the workplace, then it's some kind of tripart, uh, tripart arrangement discussion, right? So you really don't have uh, a mechanism. If you look at the Presidential Council of Minority Rights, it's stacked is stacked with your own people. So it's not independent. And when the uh, special reporter came, you know, 10, 10 years ago, he did recommend that, you know, the council itself is not a bad idea, but just make it independent so that, you know, it's not um, incestuously stuffed. So um, I'm going to just uh, slowly uh, wrap this up uh, in case, uh, you you had some questions or, or opinions that you want to send through. I'm I'm happy to to respond to them uh, uh, if you're online. Um, um, but but that's broadly, you know, um, in, in terms of uh, a quick overview of uh, understanding, uh, you know, racial discrimination. Uh, it, there's there's only so much one can cover in about. 30 minutes or so. Uh, and uh, as I have tried to highlight to you, um, uh, any discussion at any time, you know, uh, makes them prickly. So uh, that's why there's a lot of concern about any discussion on race and religion, you know. Uh, they're always strung up about, you know, uh, causing ill feeling and, you know, uh, causing 
tensions and so on and so forth. Therefore, you know, it, it steers people away from actually being able to, you know, discuss uh, the issue. So I think uh, as, as a kind of a wrap up, you know, uh, the key question would be um, whose responsibility is it? Uh, the state, you know, uh, under the PAP government continues to believe they are responsible in finding the balance between freedom of expression and discussions of race. Uh, but, you know, with uh, ever decreasing voter support, um, touching in the last election just below 60%, uh, popular support that is, um, can they take 100% of the responsibility? Right, so so I think that's something to to kind of think about. Um, therefore, you know, other actors must continue to play a part in promoting racial harmony in Singapore, and not just the incestuous group. I think we need to go beyond the group speak uh, to include other people because if you don't share their values you're not going to be on board. And if you have been in Singapore long enough and you have worked within the system, you know that every turn and corner, unless they don't know what values, you know, in terms of political values and positions you are at, you will not get access so, uh, to anything, right? Uh, unless it's a fluke. So um, it's the group speak that keeps things together and everybody is kept up. Everybody else is kept out, and those who are being kept out, it's getting larger. So I think something is not right, and that has to be fixed. Um, through social media, uh, I think there has been a voice, and that that has been coming out, and we can see uh, clearly uh, there. But then, you know, laws have been put into place. Um, this divisive rhetoric of uh, you know against people who speak up uh, is something that we actively see. Um, and uh, finally, um, we need real NGOs, uh, not Gongos, government-organized NGOs, uh, and funded, you know, uh, to a right sum, uh, incestuously, once again, I might add. Um, I think we, we need the more independent uh, organizations, NGOs, uh, uh, who are not strictly overseen and supported by the government. Uh, this would allow for more active discussion on uh, experiences of racial discrimination and, you know, for the better understanding of the current situation. So um, I'm going to just, um, you know, pause here. Um, it's my, actually, it's my first uh, FB Live, by the way. So I'm glad you caught it. Um, but I, I hope to be able to do more, um, uh, not necessarily on this topic alone, but uh, I'm looking at you know other topics uh, and, and also not just on Singapore, but around the region. So this is very much a kind of a, a trial period uh, to just see you know how to get the hang of it. So once again, my name is James Gomez. I'm a political scientist. I'm interested in issues of technology and how they affect you know political participation and governance. Um, I've recently, you know, uh, put most of my social media, personal social media handles together under James Gomez SG. I have a website, which is called James Gomez SG, and um, uh, they go, uh, you can see it right at the bottom. I, I'm also newly on Clubhouse, um, and um, uh, I'm also on, you know, Instagram and Twitter. 
But most importantly, you know, I would be grateful if you could, um, you know, subscribe to my YouTube channel. As I said earlier, you know, I have about 70 people there. And uh, yeah, and uh, um, okay, so I have a question. Thank you very much. That'll keep me going for a bit. Uh, Can you talk about constitutional rights that we citizens to know? Okay. it's essentially, I mean, in the Constitution, you know, uh, it, it states that, you know, it, it promotes racial uh, equality and, uh, and uh, you know, it's not supportive of discrimination, if I can, you know, put it uh, simply. But what I was trying to say throughout uh, this discussion was you do not have a legal mechanism from which to draw down rights. Right, so you you don't have a complaints bureau where you can go and say, "Look, hey, you you are an independent entity, uh, equal to all. Uh, this is how I feel uh, with regards to a particular issue." Um, it could be something simple as um, discrimination at the workplace, and uh, you know, you, you, you instead of a civil action, you know, you 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 go to this. Um, you know, in some countries they have equity commissions. Um, you to go to this body and, you know, often, you know, that, that's a process, you know, they will start with mediation, then of course you, you, know, you take it to the, to the courts or, or, or the uh, council or whatever legal form uh, they have. Or it could be something um, more su- substantial, like, you, you know, racial discrimination to access to, let's say, for rental. Um Racial discrimination in the Constitution is also limited in the area. So, uh, for example, the public service cannot discriminate, right? But it doesn't say the private sector cannot discriminate. So that's the hidden. So you don't have legal recourse in terms of, um, apart from civil, uh, you know, civil litigation. So you... So what you have now is the offending employer, their only punishment is that their access to work uh, work passes will be limited. So if you look at the report that I mentioned, you know, the ICRD report, they have two examples where they, uh, you know, punish two companies, one uh, three-month suspension of not being able to get uh, work passes and then another one for six months. So I think that's, uh, uh, not good enough. Uh, I think you need a more robust uh, legal framework uh, where you can claim your rights. Now, we can, and this is where the, you know, Council of Minority Rights uh, can be an independent body and, and and recommendations have been made by the Special Rapporteur almost 10 years ago that, you know, that is one option. Another option would be, of course, for Singapore to have a National Human Rights Commission where it, look, it can look at these and other uh, rights issues as well. So, so in short, I, I, I think you don't have, apart from, you know, those things that I've said and uh, those things that I've said uh, in the public domain and uh, uh, articulated by the government themselves, uh, but uh, we sh- uh, fall short of, uh, uh, you know, an independent legal recourse. So, um, 
I think that's it really for me once again. So thank you very much uh, for watching. Uh, it was nice to, to, to have you here. I, I will not go away yet. I will um, just give, uh, play you some of my favorite uh, chill music. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, great to have you here once again, you know. Um, Uh, nice to see all of you and uh, yeah and, and keep in touch <laughs>